Hi everyone, welcome to a in transit episode of RBTV. I'm with Tyler. Nolan. We're going to see Joe Rogan in London and we've got a four hour car journey and we need to kill some time. So. Currently going 40 miles an hour on the A1, M1, on a, on a road. Say this road works, but there's just loads of cars by the side of the road that aren't just doing it. Yeah, there'll probably be a bunch of roadworks in the middle of the night. Yeah. We get all that on the way back. Um, so, yeah, if there's like a horrific noise and a crash, I mean, this, yeah, hopefully this isn't the last thing that we ever record because Tyler's going to pay attention to the road. Yeah, <laughs> it's good that the GoPro doesn't have like a little screen on it, so I'll not be fucking looking at it all the time, being Yeah. Um, be sound. So, Tyler, what's your favourite thing about Jiu Jitsu? See, right, when you started, when you were doing all those videos, yeah. Pi said mine, and I was like, oh, you've, like, fair, he's got more right to say it than it, I, but. It was a good one. Like, that noise. Tell the masses, yeah. Yeah, it was his fucking, he taught me how to do it anyway. Like, I was trying to bow an owl people before then, but then he gave me, like, a little 10 minute seminar at the end of class, and ever since then, I've been able to get that geese stretching, it's just fucking. The noise from the fabric yeah. makes. But, I, like, when it act like what I really like is when it works. <laughs> like yeah, it's pretty good. It's like you know, it'd be like oh, you'll learn something or you'll like you'll see something online, but then when you actually like put it into practice, you're like fuck me, that random lapel choke that someone did on Instagram actually works. Yeah, that's class. They rarely work as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> random things you see on the internet. But yeah, no, it's an odd one. I date all of it. <laughs> yeah. Just class in it. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of good bits. What's your least favourite thing about jujitsu? Small digit injuries. <laughs> yeah. Like the amount. Like I thought I'd get. I like I lifted weights for a while and like I've managed to be uninjured through all of that shot of like being a doyle and dropping like plates on my toes and stuff. Yeah. But the amount of like little niggles, I get that. That annoys me. Yeah. But it's all part, like, I'm getting crushed by people for fun, so it's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. My fingers, like, you see that? Like, I, don't, I don't know what that is, the, the camera, like, I've got a look yeah, there. Yeah, so that's, I've got that one there, like, my original fingers wonky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Just jujitsu fingers. I couldn't, I, um, I think I dislocated my knuckle about two weeks after we got married, and um, I couldn't fit my wedding ring on. <laughs> I was like, I'm either going to... It's either going to go down and I'll be able to fit it on again or I'm going to have to go and buy another wedding ring. In the end, it took about six months, but it went down. But I was just like not committed to buying a new wedding ring. Um, that, I, it's, I still struggle to get it on and off just because it, it's like where my wedding rings, where it, yeah, sits is You've like. You've got to get it through thin. like the thick It's just bit. getting it past yeah. the actual chunky knuckle. So yeah, I feel I looked at my feet the other day actually and I was like, they look like grandpa's feet. Like they're. They look like they've done some wrestling. Yeah, so. you've kind of got to hope that like you re-break it again and it puts it back to normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty rubbish. Like I've tried to avoid being that guy as well who like has to tape everything up before class because it just seems like a chip. And I'm not far enough into it all yet to be to need that. I'm like I, yeah. I have not been grappling long enough to need to hold my hands together by tape. <laughs> But I, I it, through, it would appear I have. I go through phases where I'm like, I need to take my, all my hands and fucking toes 
sometimes at the minute I can't get a class on time so like I'm just like I'm here and I'm not taping anything up and if I seriously hurt something then I'll then I'll tape it up but taping up should be preventative not reactive yeah but or you know and then you'll be doing two and two out trying to tape it up yeah and you're exactly. like, that yeah, just doesn't yeah. work yeah um, I think with me a lot of it is like if I get an injury like when I broke my if like if I break a toe I'll be so I'll tape it but it's like the making the leap of not taping it for the first time after yeah, you've yeah, had it taped yeah, yeah. for like six months like I used to get stick I was getting I got like so much fucking pissed ripped out of me because I broke one big toe and must have put like a roll of tape on it every night before training so I was just like I'm not stubbing that at all and then it was definitely fine after about a day (laughs) isn't it funny how like your attitude towards injuries completely shifts where like you just said there like what when I when I break a toe like it's just something that happens whereas like before jujitsu if you broke a toe it's a big deal oh yeah you'd be like oh yeah i'm not doing anything like i'm not going to work i can't i've, I've got a broken toe i'm taking yeah, time off yeah, work yeah. now we've got jujitsu with a broken toe because you don't want to miss out on a class yeah well it's like when i did a fucking tore a ligament in my shoulder like if i wasn't doing jujitsu i would have literally like kind of been like oh i'm injured i can't do anything yeah yeah but i was like as soon as I didn't feel like I needed to ice it. I was like, right, I'm doing everything again now. Yeah. And it's kind of like your necessity is just deal with hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you get your head around the fact that you're always going to be in pain from something. So just, you might as well train while in pain rather yeah. than waiting until you're not in pain because you might be waiting for ages. The other week, I was at a road with Jamie and I think Tom had that horrible cold as well. I was like run down for like two days everything in my body was like inflamed and it like all of my injuries all kicked in anything I've ever injured all started hurting at exactly the same time and I was like I thought these had all healed themselves like stuff from years ago so like my knee both elbows my neck my shoulders there's a certain bit of my lower back like it all just hurt at the same time and I was like oh maybe I'm not cured maybe I'll just work through it all but that was a that was a horrible two days. I was like limping at work, and everyone was like, "Are you all right?" And I was like, "Like, did you get injured at jujitsu?" And I was like, "No, like, I, I think I'm just I've run down, so my body's inflamed because that's it, like natural response." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Maybe this is what it's like to be like 70. just like, constantly in agony. Yeah, just in pain from injuries that you did when you were rolling about in your twenties, I guess. So I don't think it, it's I don't think um, you stop being in pain. I think you just forget that you're in pain like from a lot of it because like now I'm like having to train with like an ankle all taped up like it definitely in agony warming up and drilling but as soon as we start rolling like I forget and then within like 10 minutes of like I'll sit on the couch for 10 minutes when I get back and then get up to get a drink and it will feel like someone's like stabbed it and I'm just like alright yeah so like I'm, I'm more worried. Like the thought of getting choked has made me forget about the fact that my ankle's in tatters. Yeah. I so like when my knee was hurting at that point. So I like I fucked up my knee. I think it's like the MCL. It might have just been like a partial tear, nothing like completely debilitated. But I fucked it up for a bit, and then that kicks back in. And then I rolled with Tom actually. No 
Logan Gate, I can't remember, but I, like, I got to a point where I was like, I'm just going training, even though I'm in pain. Like two weeks ago, whatever, and I was like, just see what happens. And my leg moved, and I felt like a twang, and then my knee just stopped hurting, and I was like, oh, was something just in the wrong place, and I just needed to like click back, you know what I mean? But I was like, I was like, on oh, my knee after doing jujitsu now feels better than it has done for weeks of not doing jujitsu, so. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, Carl did something like that when he was in, what was it, was it Nagari did in um, Amsterdam yeah. not that long ago in September or something. Yeah. And like he did something to his foot and he was in training like the day he got back from Amsterdam or whatever and it looked horrendous. It was like someone had like just fucking super glued a plum to the top of his foot. That's the only way to describe it. And he just got frustrated and yanked his foot and it was fine. Like he, I think, but he must have like dislocated like a metatarsal or whatever it is, and it's just like, yeah. As soon as he popped it back into place, he was just sound. Okay. Yeah. But that that poor bastard, like his fucking knees cracking like a shotgun every twenty minutes anyway. Carl needs surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. And I don't know how to break it to him, but like, I think he's already had surgery on it like twice though, hasn't uh, he? So I don't know. I just thought like, and I should apply this to myself, but like, if I want to like do jiu-jitsu until I'm 70 and it, like you, you need to take time out now like if you need yeah, surgeries yeah. you should take it you should get them done now so your body can recover and then you can you know you can take a year out now and be all right when you come back you know what I mean it's but it might cripple you when you're 16 not when you're 70 if you just kind of continue training with it I just think about longevity but like but I get it Carl's on a tear he's doing loads of sub only stuff um what he lives for so he probably doesn't want to take however long it takes to fix his knee off you know it might be it might be a year to fully recover if it's in like a fully torn ACL or something yeah and like knee surgery it's not just going to stop your training either like you can't walk like yeah. getting knee surgery like it you're going to have to have help to the toilet and stuff it's like one of those ones where like yeah. it, so I'd, like it's going to be like even if you don't train it's going to suck yeah it's a big deal either way yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. it so it's like you don't really want yeah. If you can get away with not having it done, you're gonna aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. But no. Touch wood. I'm. I'm not gonna need any of them. I was. I was worried about my ankle because everything on the internet was saying it was like. I did that like stupid thing where you Google your symptoms, <laughs> and it was like, oh, you're either gonna need to get surgery to get an impingement fixed, or you've got like lymphoma. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. You know. Either gonna die. Yeah. Oh yeah. But. No. I think that the main it's not the surgery itself for me it'd be like the thought of not being able to train is like the killer but yeah like everybody's gonna have to take time not even just jujitsu like just the thought of not being able to move yeah is like horrifying but like we were saying earlier like especially early early on when you've not been training long the thought of having to take a big chunk of time off is a bit more daunting than if you've perhaps got a couple of coloured belts in there um you know like Dan Lewis, for example, has just had his second child, but Dan's a brown belt, he's certainly not going to quit jiu-jitsu, but he can take a chunk of time off and come back and still have plenty of his jiu-jitsu game there, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean, yeah. and, um, I'm sure, and then he won't be far off his black belt really, and then he'll, you know what I mean, once you're there, you're there, aren't you, so. Well, you're doing it forever, aren't you, so like, with a fucking year out in like a 40 year, yeah, gym, yeah, it's yeah, like sure, nothing, yeah. is it, like, yeah, yeah. If you think you only got to think of like the amount of people that sacked off any type of exercise for two years because of COVID, and like, yeah, which yeah. is a lot. 
When did you start? Did so you start during COVID? I started training the January before COVID. Fell in love with it. Was that in Cambridge? Yeah, so yeah. when I was in Cambridge, I was training at Brazilian top team. Yeah. Down there, and it was, it was decent, but like, um, it, it was like a, the coach is Brazilian. Yeah. So it, it, I, some of the stuff, like, it was just like a beginner's class, and it, some of the stuff that he, it, it didn't really click in my head, but I, I'd already fucking drank the Kool Aid. And then COVID happened, and I was fuming because COVID happened like on like the Monday or whatever. Yeah class was cancelled and then the Tuesday night was going to be like the night that the beginners could start rolling properly <laughs> and I was just like oh fuck um, so then like like I'd been watching it long before I'd started training because I was even talking to you about training for ages but then I just never fucking got around to it um, yeah and then when I moved back up um, I just came with you didn't I with like a couple of open mats and that and then did that one gi class where Jamie decided that it was going to be an hour and a half of full rolls and I'd forgotten how to do guard and yeah. just I think Dean gave me like two black eyes in five minutes because I just didn't know what a frame was I just got yeah. the shit kicked out of me for 90 minutes and like it genuinely like like in jiu-jitsu you get pagged anyway but that was just me getting the shit kicked out of me because yeah, like I didn't yeah. know how to defend anything it's um, funny that I'd forgotten about that yeah like I got walloped like because I came I think Dan was in as well yeah that first night and so like I, sp- I did like half an hour of fucking close guard with Courtney and I was like I, like I didn't know anybody at this point so I was like this is mad like she's fuck, she's like a 17 year old girl yeah like so I hadn't really got my head around that part of it yet but then within like fucking within like three months of property training I was getting walloped by Poppy and fucking Chloe anyway so yeah 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 it's it, I think about people like my friends in situations like that and I think like I wonder if at the time I might have thought I, I wonder if Tyler will come back <laughs> you know what I mean uh, not a reflection on you or your character but I just understand why people might not want to come back yeah. after like that and uh, and I forget sometimes that like we've all been through the shit I was telling someone like my first ever class was no gay at MFA and it wasn't like there was no like beginners or anything at the time um, no gain it was X guard and I was like I don't know what a, a guard is but putting an X in front of it makes it sound even more complicated X guard's an odd one as well because you're doing it and you're like th- like if you didn't know it you'd be like this can't fucking work like yeah. this is mad like I'm just lying down like it also it only works in transition as well X guard you can't sit there because people just pass it yeah. but like but aside from that, yeah, it's it's a complicated way to be because you one foot's one uh, place, another like it's it's kind of a leg entanglement really, but a very specific one. So I was just like, it was me and Luke McGuinney. But we, I was like, I'm glad you're here because if I was with somebody that knew what they were doing, this would be all the more embarrassing. But but equally, I go well. I kept showing up. So like, I took someone. It was a girl who wanted to like try jujitsu. I think it was at MFA, or maybe at Kurai. And um, I, just, I just took it one of the classes. And Jamie happened to be showing like straight foot locks for that entire class. So I was like, I'm, you're not going to learn much. Like by the end of it, I was like, you probably learned nothing, especially when it came to rolling with people. You have like, not, you don't know what a guard is or mount or all you know about jujitsu is a straight foot lock. 
like which is almost useless you know what I mean so not like the footlocks are useless just in terms of like if there was one you thing might end you up there on your first class it's definitely not a straight footlock so yeah should never get back and I'm like yeah I get it but I know people that would have still come back you know what I mean I, I, I guess but, but you never know who those people are sometimes I think yeah, I think with me, like, I'd accepted, like, or even, like, if there was any part of me where I was like, that was shit. Because I was broken. Like, there's been few days, like, few training sessions where I've woken up the next day and felt as shit as I did after that first one where it was yeah. just 90 minutes of getting walloped. Um, but I was just like, oh, well, like, if I get better, surely it's going to hurt less. <laughs> yeah. But then I was just like, oh, Little did I know, now smaller parts of my body are just going to hurt a lot more yeah. than like everything hurting, just yeah. having a dull ache constantly. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we can creak on a morning now. It's like when I get start, like get back from training, sit on the couch and when I stand up it sounds like someone's running down a fence with a stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... Well, like I hoovered the, the mats last night and I was like, this isn't actually a bad cool down. Cool down, yeah. I was like, this... This works better than jumping in the shower, then sitting in the car for 10 minutes, then sitting on my couch for an hour, which is what I do basically. And then I go to get up and I'm like, oh my God, I can't move. And I'm like, what do I? I just did like this super intense exercise and then just sat down. But there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of like, your spine's always in a, compressed in a certain way yeah. in jiu-jitsu. Like, it's terrible for your posture because you're always slouched over like a fucking gorilla yeah. just out of necessity. And... Yeah. So you need like, to start or you know everybody does really like it I, th- I think if you're going to do jiu-jitsu seriously this will probably scare people off but like once you're three four years in I think you need to start lifting weights you need to start stretching so like a form of yoga basically and you need to start lifting weights to um, to strengthen obviously all your joints and all the tendons around them from lifting weights but also you need to like undo sort of a lot of the damage that you get on your body from doing jiu-jitsu from stretching yeah, and it's it's a really easy way to like get mobile is mobile like under load. Yeah. Because so uh, like one thing that I've never really had any chew with, but it is a thing that like other people even in the gym have like mentioned is they like they get chew with the hips. Yeah. Because of like all the guard playing and that, but I've not had that. And I think part of it is like there's probably other lads in the gym that have, have probably feel the same way, like Big Al who or like. Um, Finley, like the yeah, like the lads that like squat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like that you're used to having all that weight on your back in that compromised position, so yeah, it's not as bad when you're getting yeah, smashed yeah. under guard or whatever. That's but that might just be some like bro science. I haven't got a fucking clue. But no, maybe. I mean, my hips hurt, um, but I've been squatting for a couple of years. Probably, um, it makes sense. But it's kind of like getting stronger is never going to make anything worse. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like it isn't a necessity, but yeah. It's not gonna make it like it's not worse for you, is it? It's always gonna be better to be a little bit stronger or yeah, a little bit more. So right, we were having this debate in the office the other day. What's the best of the big three origin horror movies? So Friday Thirteenth, Halloween, or Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, you can pick another one if you think it's better, like Scream or Hellraiser. Of those three, I'd say Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, because I like Friday the 13th, and I don't think you could put Nightmare on Elm Street Friday the 13th 
in the same category as Halloween. Right. So Halloween's a lot more, like, I, I don't remember exactly, but there's not really much blood in it. Halloween? Yeah, it's all yeah, like, yeah. it's like the music, it's it's much more suspenseful than like slashery. Yeah. Even though it, it, it's like the slasher film, but it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot more psychological than the other two. Yeah, it can be a bit more tense, yeah. yeah. I think that one's the, the OG. But they kind of went a bit... They fucked it later on. <laughs> like, the first two were good. Yeah. And then it all kind of went a bit downhill. Well, they all did. Like, like none of them have good sequels. No. Like, sorry, they have a couple of good sequels. But in terms of, like, you know, for each franchise, there's minimum eight movies. Yeah. And the, the last six aren't good in any of them. I was on about... I watched the new Halloween the other day, and it's awful. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why I'm surprised, because all the other Halloween sequels are awful, so why would this one be any different? Like, yeah. it, I just, I thought the reboot was really good. It was like two films ago. But, and then the, again, the, the one that came out last year was fucking awful. The Evil reboot, the one that's tonight. like, Evil dies tonight. The, it's like the true sequel. The reboot one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where he's been in um, the mental asylum and, and all that, and that, then people got to do the podcast and they're really annoying, and then they get murked, which is really satisfying. Do you need to concentrate? Do you know where we're going? Because I don't. I don't know where we're going, sorry. I used to live around here, didn't I? Um, but no, yeah, Halloween. Yeah. I think as well because John Carpenter's just got. See, yeah. My only thing is that I've been listening to so shout out 100 Horrors. Some friends of mine have a podcast called 100 Horrors and they've been torturing John Carpenter on it recently. So I've just got this thing in my head that John Carpenter is not as good as... But he is, obviously, he's just fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is, like, it's a masterpiece. It's even any... Like, Halloween's amazing, to be fair. Yeah. Halloween 1 and 2, because 2 is like a direct scene. It's 2 literally starts the second... Yeah, it's like straight finished. after, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 it's like a four-hour long film, really, Halloween 1 and 2, isn't it? So... But also, Season of the Witch is a banger, but obviously it's... Is it Halloween movie? Well, have you seen Season of the Witch? Only briefly. So here's the shocker. The amount of time I've devoted to my life to watching the medium of film, very little of it has been horror films. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. So, like, I know they're great. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, I, I know, like, I'm a proper funny when it comes to, like like stuff like The Conjuring and fucking Paranormal Activity like right, I don't, okay, I don't like need jumping, that in my life yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'll sit and watch a slasher film all day long yeah something about slashes I watched Bodies 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 the other day and it's alright but I was like it was quite nice to watch like a current slasher and I was like oh yeah I haven't seen a slasher for a while like something specifically about slashes that are quite uh... it's obscene isn't it like they're classed as like a horror film but they're not they're somewhat like comedic with how over the top they are and that yeah, it's like, yeah, like yeah. no one's like that bit in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake like spoiler alert but the arm break like the wrist lock arm break yeah, that's like that's never going to happen so yeah, it's, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like gruesome but you're also it's like funny gruesome yeah it's yeah I was going to watch all of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre this October and do a podcast about each of them but I just fucking don't have time like I watched number two which is like fantastic it's like it's fucking mental it's a very different it's like it's listed as a comedy horror yeah like on IMDb because it is it was directed by Toby Hooper who made the first one but like it's um, 
but it's good it's just good for different reasons but then after that I get the impression that it really tanks off they tried like there's like five different reboots of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and none of them worked so that's why I was like I, I want to like do a deep dive into this but basically since Hazel was born it's been very hard to uh, to do that I think the last one I did fully I watched all the Hellraisers about two years ago it's so last year I did slasher films actually I did Scream and I like a slasher film. I came yeah. like a, a realization the other day about it, and they're just like it's just Agatha Christie. Yeah, who done it? Yeah. Like it's just yeah, yeah. instead you take like Sidney Crosby and make it a Belgian guy with a tash, and it's just fucking Death on the Nile. Yeah, yeah. Scream's good because it's self-aware. And it yeah. takes the piss out of slashers. But, but yeah, but it plays on. Those. But it, it is just a who done it, but like modern. Yeah. Or, or modern for fucking nineteen ninety nine or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, yeah, there's these. Why do you think, like the, like the Jason, the Freddy, the Myers, and like the Chainsaw sequels, all got shit? Because I have a theory as to why, like the original ones are always really good, but then they get shitter the longer they yeah. go. Well, we might have to go through them systematically, but. So Halloween 1 and 2 are great, same director, it's basically a direct story follow-on. Season of the Witch, number 3, so the original concept with Halloween was that they basically pick a Halloween story and they'll make a film out of it and they'll call it Halloween and release them every Halloween. So Season of the Witch is a comp- doesn't have like Michael Myers, yeah. it's just a completely different story and it's fucking awesome and then obviously Redditors and conspiracy theorists have basically turned robots that are in Season of the Witch into their like story saying that Michael Myers after that is now a robot that was built in this town just a really nice fan theory but so then after that so they tried to make Halloween for Michael Returns or whatever you're trying to rescue something that was all like people had already lost faith in so the studios probably lost faith in it they're not going to put that much money behind it the script's probably rushed and after that like Halloween really takes a, a dive so that so Halloween was probably because of like lack of money Friday the 13th I think number 2 is quite interesting because you actually get Jason for if anybody I'm not going to say spoiler alert because Friday the 13th is it's Jason been out forever yeah yeah, yeah yeah and uh, it's not actually Jason and then number 2 it's Jason and Jason really kind of takes on his own throughout that but I think they just return less and less at the box office and people put less and less money in them and then but this like interesting thing happens where people get obsessed by them so they want to they just they turn into B movies because idiots like me end up being able to get the rights to it because the, the films get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper yeah so then they become like a parody of themselves there's like a bit in one of the Friday the 13th maybe like number 6 or number 8 where because in the previous films like if Jason like walks in walks to a door it just fucking explodes or he like burst through a door yeah so like from on like number six he literally like walks forwards and, and the door just explodes you know what I mean so they're like they're just taking the piss out of like Halloween does it where there's like this in Halloween one there's a bit where Michael Myers is like hid behind a bed sheet in the garden yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and then loads of other Halloween films play on that where it's just like they'll be like ooh it's a bed sheet is Michael behind it um the Nightmare on Elm Street I think well I think what happened with that is they, they took like like Freddy turned into like a 
comedy character and that just you know he does like a rap you know like it, it, it just turns into like they took like what is initially like potentially there's like some weird like child rape stuff going on in there and like a horrific concept and because of like the character was probably so like out there and terrifying that like people turned it into comedy instead um, and somehow that yeah they did but yeah I, I think they also suffer from those films are like once not once in a lifetime but maybe once in a generation or once in a like the concepts are so good but you can only do it once you can only do one cracking Freddy movie the idea is amazing yeah. but then to just do Freddy you've done 2 it. it's like well we know it what's what's the big scare behind it or he gets you in your dreams well he got you in your dreams in the last one um, so I think they all suffer from that from being so good initially that it just yeah and a lot of them are from timing as well so Friday the 13th like slashes come out of like the zeitgeist of the time and so a lot of the times like slashes become slashes because or classic films because they like sit really well in that moment of, of, in time um, and what was going on in the world at that time and people's horrors and fears so then to try and recreate that three years later when you might have a different president a certain war might be over or something like that um, so that's a really long one to answer yeah I think I'd like for me I think part of it is it's it's they always start with like it's like a the studios take a risk on the first one yeah so like it might have say much more of a shoestring budget yeah which kind of forces the filmmakers to think a lot more because you've got, you've got to got save your money yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's how you can make a guy in a William Shatner mask oh, yeah like horrifically terrifying yeah. because the one thing you can control when you've got no money is lighting yeah, you know, yeah and yeah. music yeah and, and sort of things like that it's why like Alien's so good yeah um, because it is like you've got you can't got no money to make an alien you got some bin bags so and tubes, yeah, so don't yeah, show yeah. it and yeah. that's what's more horrifying because all yeah. you see is just people getting melted and sucked into the air vents and just getting yeah. like battered from nowhere and it's that like I think earlier on when they've not got that money they play on that fear of the unknown which is more natural to people yeah versus like because some people might just be like, I don't care what happens in my dreams it's just my dreams who gives a fuck but like yeah, yeah. everybody's right, scared of the thing under the bed yeah 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 lack of budget as well you write forces creativity which which is interesting Interestingly, Alien, like, I think Alien 1, 2, and 3, they're all very different types of films. Oh, completely. They're all very good. Yeah. Um, Alien 4 is the dog shit. I don't mind Covenant. I wasn't that keen on um, Prometheus. Yeah. I get it from, like, a Ridley Scott. World building. Like, yeah, oh, I thought yeah, they finished yeah. business, kind of. Yeah. But, like, I mean, Alien 1 like sci first ever sci-fi slasher it's the first ever like mashing of genres last yeah Alien 2 um, is again a different type of film but it's interesting because you get to see lots of aliens so you have like lots of monsters it's like a true kind of monster film and then obviously Alien 3 which is in a prison which is just like a really interesting concept I think they're all great and the, the alien is still scary with them but but again, and even that, even that suffers from it though, because Alien Four comes around, it's garbage. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think the best horror film is? Ever. Yeah. This can be purely opinion. 
I'm like all spectrums like you can include slashes you can include like yeah 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 the best horror film I think I've ever seen 28 Days Later yeah that's or the Dawn of the Dead remake is that Snyder one yeah <clears throat> yeah um but I'll get slated for that so 28 Days Later <laughs> happen yeah it's that thing that's why Michael Myers is so because like that could happen yeah but well the Texas Chainsaw Massacre pretty much did happen so it's well, just, yeah yeah like yeah. It, yeah so yeah was it what wasn't Ed Gein it was the other one wasn't it no I thought wasn't Ed Gein that did all of like he was the stuff with all of the skin he made it was the one that made like chairs and books and yeah oh, yeah because yeah, well, yeah. yeah, there's nods to that in Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah, yeah, yeah. make lampshades out of the skin and stuff and, and the mask and what yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawn of the Dead makes sense. I thought you might go zombie like. That Dawn of the Dead film was fucking awesome. And um, but like again, I ain't seen it for a long time. I might watch it and think uh, it's not that good now. But w- when it came out, I was like, this is like it was like the Twenty Eight Days Later on steroids. It was like the studio gave it the budget. Obviously Snyder at the time wasn't doing like as much mad slow mo stuff, but. I like, I like a lot of Zack Snyder's stuff I think he's done some great films um, but like 300 people watch when you great films but um, yeah I just think it, it's just a really nice take on the genre and it didn't feel like disrespectful to the original Dawn of the Dead it felt like it kind of needed to happen for a zombie movie to you know to have like running zombies and be good and stuff I like the idea I, I, I really like the end where they all they think they've survived and they get on the boat and then yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I watched the original Dawn of the Dead the other day. Well, I say watched, tried to watch. Yeah, I watched it a while ago. Yeah. Because it's like it is a classic, and the things that I did to kind of create that genre and like Romero's, the one. Yeah. But it's like a fucking terrible film. <laughs> like it's really badly yeah, made. Yeah, it's makeup's like, like they're all yeah, blue. It's like I've really got to be in a mood to watch this for what it is. Yeah. Whereas. 
like what's the remake and be scared yeah whereas now I'm like this is just like it, it, it is a seminal piece of like pop culture art yeah 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 but in the same way that like some Picasso looks like someone's just had a fit with a pen on a paper kind yeah. of thing it's like that pen. yeah yeah I was like I haven't got it in me to watch this because it's it's very good for what it did and its impact on everything. Yeah. But as a two hours of cinema, like I could do better with an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, you could now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A bit of After Effects. Yeah. Um, have you seen the the George Romero like documentary that he did on crazy people? No. So when he died, obviously, like a load of stuff in his estate, um, like his family got hold of, and he basically shot. I think it was like he got one of it's his, technically his first ever film. He got commissioned to make. I'm sure it's an advert for like a mental asylum in England. So if you've got a crazy relative. You watch this 45 minute thing and, and you think, want them to go there yeah and think oh my crazy uncle joe will get looked after at this place right but it's very george romero yeah? i don't think like they signed off on it in the end they were just like no we can't put this out because it's george romero filming loads of crazy people in England, and they're like and it's in the 70s so you like care in the 70s it's i imagine cruel. yeah certainly wasn't what it is now and now it's probably not great either but like yeah and it's like a 45 I can't remember what it's called but if anybody wants to watch it just search George Romero like Mental Asylum or whatever and it'll, it'll come up because there's been loads of obviously pieces about it but yeah it's uh, it's meant to be fucking off it I watched like it's one of them where I was like I've got it on my laptop and I was like I've watched like 10 minutes of it but like you have to be in a really specific frame of mind to be like oh I'm gonna watch this 45 minute piece about fucking crazy people in England but uh, with actual lunatics in a lunatic so it's like, like, it's can you be... say the word lunatic? Yeah, uh, let's say yeah 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 surely you can like what other word are you going to use? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah like nutter sounds slightly more disrespectful <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no yeah it's yeah I'd imagine it's like very interesting but also like that's like hard to watch grim if yeah, it is people who are actually yeah, yeah. just like super intense especially if it, like like when it comes down to it they're suffering yeah if you have any family members that have suffered from dementia or anything like that it's going to be a particularly uh, rough yeah particularly difficult watch but yeah just seeing that through George Romero's eyes I think would be, uh, be interesting. very interesting as well to see like if he made that and if that impacted his take on the undead yeah yeah some I of like, their mannerisms and yeah yeah exactly I mean from like a cinematic perspective because there's things that he did in his films like he, any director that puts out a lot of films they, they tend to have a lot of similar things that they do skills you know like like Moose and Jiu-Jitsu, you know what I mean yeah. they just have like certain shots that they use certain actors that they like to use um, certain sets you know like Wes Anderson and stuff um so I, mean, I wanted to watch it to be like is there stuff that he, he just does naturally that like lend itself like you know trombone shots or whatever that lend itself to the zombie zombie films that he made or whatever so yeah I'll, uh, I'll get around to watching it at some point I'm sure but yeah okay but also like you know getting from work so we're locking up like, yeah like you don't really want to watch that I mean, it's just 45 minutes I mean 
I think she's used to it by now. She just pisses the switches off. But now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna put this film on. She's like, right, cool. Go to bed. What's it about? Well. <laughs> so yeah, I basically yeah. I go, George Merrill, who's this zombie? She goes, yeah, no, I'm out. I'll, I'll do something. I'll answer my sentence or something. Yeah, that'd be, that's mad. Yeah. Such I'm, a strange thing as well. Like, imagine your agent coming to you being like, George, got a bit of work for you. Yeah, like, how, how does that get commissioned? I don't know, but, I, you know, I've had some weird stuff commissioned. I mean, not as weird as that, but, like, you might get a sense of, oh, I know a guy who's got a camera, yeah. George will do it and then now what a way for you to watch your favourite film of all time if you've not seen that many horror movies so I do have a favourite horror movie while we're on the topic but it's a controversial one because people might be like it's not a horror movie alright Terminator is the greatest horror movie ever made because Uh, if you change Arnie in Terminator to a guy in a jumpsuit with a machete Machete and a Shatner mask. Yeah. Like, Terminator's filmed like a horror movie. Whereas Terminator oh, 2 is when James Cameron goes all like, Yeah. I'm making an action film now. Yeah. Which is kind of it's what he did with Aliens. Like, Aliens is. Yeah, it's a genre. It sits yeah. in a different genre, basically. But yeah. yeah. Terminator. Don't at me. No, I think. You're probably right. It is pretty scary. But yeah, is it a horror? I'd say that, that's the subject for someone's dissertation, I reckon. Put it in the comments. <laughs> is it a horror movie? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's a good film. But favourite film? Back to the Future? Maybe? Ciao. Yeah, what's your favourite film? My favourite film? Goodfellas. Yeah, so that kind of makes mine seem like the choice of a toddler in comparison. <laughs> in comparison. It Serbian was, film, Serbian film. It was Fight Club, but um, that's a bit. That's dated a bit. Yeah. Um, oh, Goodfellas is. Yeah. Is, is the one. I think uh, like Back to the Future is the one where like if it's on, you're not turning it off. Like I'm not doing anything until it's finished. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of film. Yeah, oh for sure, yeah. Whereas, like, there's other films that, like, are phenomenal that I might, if they're on, I'm not going to be buzzing that they're on. Like, even if I'm just flicking through the TV and it's like, oh, Back to the Future on, I'm watching that. Yeah. Whereas, like, even if I'm like, oh, The Godfather's on, I might be like, eh, it's, like, it's long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you probably have to be in a certain mood to watch, watch The Godfather. Um, so, so if that's favourite, what's the greatest film I've ever made? There's a lot that are like phenomenal. 
think but it's kind great. of what do you mean by great like is it like what's the most technically great film ever made or well, what's yeah, the, the greatest yeah. story great gives this like you imagine like grandioseness I think so I like I'd probably be tempted to I don't know think of like Avengers Part 2 or whatever like greatness I don't know it's tough to yeah. define it for me, it's technical greatness, so I'm going to go for Turbo Volume 1. I think Tarantino is definitely the greatest dialogue writer yeah. ever. Like, I couldn't think of anybody... Sorry. It wasn't a scar down the middle of my face, it's just, it's just Woody got in the way. But like, if the, like, there's few people who could write scenes in English, French and German flawlessly yeah. in the same film and he pulled it off Yeah. to the point where like the dialogue it, it's written because that's how it would sound in French or that's how it would sound in German yeah so yeah but I, like greatest film ever I might have asked a question that I don't have an answer to greatest scene in a film ever is probably well there's there's two scenes in Inglorious Bastards the first one is where um, the guy goes to the house and the Jews are hiding oh, the, the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards is probably the greatest bit of cinema yeah. ever on par with when they are drinking in the basement and the whole triglazer triglazer yeah. shoot out thing like in terms of like tension building through dialogue it's even the like the strudel scene just anything that Christoph Waltz is in yeah, in, that, in film that film is kind yeah, of like yeah, yeah. it's like an absolute acting masterclass like yeah, what you put on it's like as low all that it's the the war museum's there so like that Do I care what happens to the Navi? Absolutely not. Do I want to see what the man who's been obsessed with water since the abyss can do with a 1080i and a 4K screen? Yes. Yeah. Like, I want to see Avatar 2 just to see what James Cameron can do with 20 years of his life. Spectacle, yeah. I feel like it was made like 15 years ago or something. So I think, I read some mad thing about it, which at the time I was like, that's got to be absolute horseshit. But now it makes sense where each individual blade of grass has been modelled in it. And I was like, how's that? Like, what hard drive can handle that much data where, like, each individual... Like, it's not procedurally generated. Like, someone's gone yeah, in and yeah, drawn yeah. each. Fucking hell. But if anybody's mad enough to do it, it's him. Yeah. But no, I, I don't particularly care about the story. Like, I'll go. Yeah. I'd rather read just like, you know, remade Titanic with a bigger door at the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, traffic. Right. Right, fuck this. Yeah, Thanks, everyone. In a bit.